Big Ten Backers Podcast. This is your podcast for Big Ten football or anything college football related. From Jim Harbaugh's shirtless escapades to Brett Billima's hog-sized waistline with Ryan Day's beard dye and anything else in between. Big Ten Backers has the headlines from around the college football landscape. Oh, hey there, Big Ten Backers. This is your host, AJ, with Buckeye Steve. We just call him Top Beef. Grab a beer. We'll put college football in your ear. Let's rock and roll. I got mine. Welcome back, Big Ten Backers. We got another show for you. It's week 12. We're going to get our predictions out there and break down some of these big-ass dump trucks. But like always, before we get started, we got to check on my man, Beef. How we doing, Beef? Doing great, man. Getting ready, getting packed. Head out to L.A., man. Got a lot of stuff to do before this gets done. We're recording a podcast. I'm not even packed, brother. Man, you sound just like me. How you doing? I'm living good, man. Living good up in the neighborhood. Nothing too much crazy going on. Just doing my work thing. Doing my podcast thing with you. And every day getting a little older and a little fatter. I'm on that Brett Bielema diet. Mm. Oh, nuts. <laughs> well, let's go ahead, B. Let's get into these games. Let's break out those big-ass dump trucks. We got the backers big one. Number five, Washington. At number 11, Oregon State. 7.30 p.m. game on ABC. The battle for the pack done begins here. The backers big one involves the salty beavers from Corvallis. The beavers need a win here to keep their Pac-12 hopes alive. Biggest question, will the beavers be able to handle the big arm of the Penix? Who brings that energy? Quarterback Michael Penix is the country's leader in passing yards and the favorite to win the Heisman at this point. He sliced up the number two Pac-12 defense. He will need to power up and do it again against this number four Pac-12 defense of the Beavers. The Beavers are tied in sacks in the Pac-12. Can defense and Andrew Chatfield and the rest of his Beavers in the front bring the pressure on the Phoenix and put him on his back? The Beavers will need that defensive line to play out to stop the Phoenix and his Huskies. AJ, it kind of sounds like you're telling me that the Beavers have been doing their kegels, man, putting that pressure on the Phoenix. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. They were born ready for this game. They got that defensive line ready to go when they're going to bring that kegel pressure. Look for these Beavers to try their number three Pac-12 rushing attack along with Damian Martinez, the Pac-12's best rusher, to try to slow down this game and limit the nation's best passer. These Huskies, man, they got weapons. Weapons all over the place. It's unreal. Dylan Johnson has come alive the last few weeks and will look to hit the Beavers' gaps. And Roma Duze looks to hit them deep. B, we will see whether or not these Huskies are serious about the playoffs. They have a tough team on the road in the Pac-12, and it's hard to get a win, let alone it being in Corvallis. Yeah, man, I was just looking at a photo of the stadium. It looks pretty sweet. 43,000 people, but it looks like a cool venue, man. I can't wait to get out there someday. But, man, what you're saying, you can't make that shit up. Did you just say the Johnson was going to penetrate the beaver's holes? Dylan Johnson coming on strong as of late and hit those beaver holes? Man, it sounds like a fucking big Johnson t-shirt. For all you youngsters out there, just Google it. Big Johnson t-shirts. Johnson, he really has. Dylan Johnson's been coming on strong. He's had 100 yards in three of the last five games. Before that, he had no 100-yard games. And this Washington team, they are a thing of beauty, man. It's like 
they're made for this season. It's it's their destiny. Destiny is all, man. They got the nation's top passing team versus the Beavers' 20th rushing team in the nation. And with the win here, Washington would have to be placed above Florida State in that college football poll. I mean, just based on the resume, right? If not, it would be foreshadowing. I think that would be the only reason to hold serve with them at five and keeping Florida State at four. But what's your prediction for this game? Mm, man, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to meet with Vegas. Washington is actually the Vegas underdog in this game. And I'm going to call the upset ranking wise. And I'm going to take the Beavers 38-35. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! That Beaver D is too much for Penix. Come on, DJ. Don't let me down. Get me this upset. No, no, no. The number 32 defense is not enough for those Beavers. They need more D. 42-28, the Phoenix. You might be right, Beav, but I just got a feeling. Just got a feeling. There hasn't been that many upsets this season, so it's been a while. Bound to happen soon. And it usually happens this last two weeks of the season, too. There's always something. That there is, man. We got another big-ass dump truck. We got another one to check out. We got number one Georgia playing at number 18, Tennessee. 3.30 p.m. game on CBS. The dogs are in their third-ranked game in a row, this time on the road in the Volunteer State against Tennessee. If you wonder why they got moved up to number one in the playoff rankings, here it is, man. Three top 25 teams in a row. That's a stretch, man. That's a stretch. Now, Tennessee, they got their asses handed to them last week. They got themselves a big-ass dump truck ass whooping at the hands of Mizzou. I mean, they got stomped. It's a tough task for Tennessee to try and figure out what went wrong when they have the nation's best the dogs come calling after you took that ass whooping man that's a hard one hard one to bounce back from when you got these dogs coming in don't look now but beeves carson beck is second in total yards among qbs in the sec beef you called a long time ago you said he is way underrated tennessee's gonna need their defense end james pierce jr to limit his output and put his secondary in good situations to get this win he's capable he's got eight sacks on the season Tennessee's going to need him to do work. Beef, do you believe there's a chance for Tennessee to shock the nation like they did last year at home against Bama? Or some more field goal posts going swimming? Well, what the hell kind of short bus special needs, nose-picking, booger-eating kind of question is that? Pretty goddamn obvious, numb nuts. There's no swimming to be had. The Vols, they would need a Stroud-like quarterback to stretch that defense of Georgia. And Tennessee is the polar opposite, having the eighth-rated rushing offense in the country, racking up 213 yards per game. But Georgia only gives up 107 yards per game, coming in at 19th in the nation in rushing defense. They are now number one for a reason. They're coming into peak at the right time. This Georgia team's looking hot. Carson's looking hot. They aren't going to be stopped. You know, the only game I could see Georgia even getting remotely close to now is Alabama. And actually, I might take Alabama in that game. I, I need to do some more research on that one. Ooh, buddy. The SEC championship game is in Georgia's site. It's in Alabama's site. There is a collision course just waiting to happen. All these championship games this year that keep setting up the way it is going to be strong and are going to be looking good, man. It's going to be fun to watch, minus the Big Ten championship game. <laughs> I got, I'll go ahead and throw it to you. I'll throw you a bone. It's a dog bone. 54. 24. Mm, you put expecting some fireworks out those dogs on the road. I'm going to say... The dogs escape Knoxville winning 31-24. I think this ends up being a close game. We got an unpredicted 
dump truck ahead. Who saw this one coming before the season? Well, Beef saw one of these teams coming. There's no doubt about that. We got number 21, Kansas State. At number 25, Kansas. This is a 7 p.m. game on Fox Sports 1. The Battle of the Sunflower State is upon us. Like I said, who picked these two to be ranked this late in the season, especially pointing out that Jalon Daniels has been absent for the Jayhawks. More bad news. Unfortunately, they drop another bean, as in their backup quarterback who has stepped in well for Kansas. He got injured last week. Will he play in this game? Nobody knows. It's going to be a game time decision. But this Kansas State defense has done a good job limiting Big 12 offenses. They are number two in the Big 12 in points allowed and third in yards allowed. Kansas State and Kansas both depend on their run running game to get their offenses moving. But without Bean, how will the Jayhawks get it done against this Wildcats D? But Beav, you got to tell me, who's going to own the rights to the Sunflower State when this one ends? Man, what kind of fucked up trophy is that? Just like a golden sunflower? Like bronze? Like nothing? Like putting a rose in between your teeth when you're going to the Rose Bowl? I'd like to see what that trophy looks like. I need to Google that pretty soon. But this isn't Ohio State. And this isn't 2014. Not many teams can win with a third string quarterback. And no teams in the state, Kansas, can win with a third string quarterback. Kansas State smokes Kansas. That defense, man. I got a score of 33-17. And I would take a coach that was winning national titles for North Dakota State, the Bison, over Wisconsin Whitewater any day. I'm going to take the Wildcats, too. I think they get it done. 28-17. They win this one by 11. But Beef, it's time to break down these Big Ten games. We didn't have many dump trucks. Nah, it's a small slate this week, man. Why is that? SEC's on their FBS schedule? Yes, sir. That's the that's part of the reason. And then the Big Ten West sucks. But everybody's gearing up. Everybody's getting ready for rivalry week next week. So games are kind of a little soft this week. But we still got to break them down anyway. Let's do it. Let's go ahead and do it. It's Big Ten time. Big Ten roundup week 12. Here we go, Beef. Let's get to that big on big action. We got our Midwest Corn Fest game of the week. We got Nebraska at Wisconsin, 7.30 p.m. on NBC. Someone get those pins set up. One of these teams is going bowling for sure. Huskers and Badgers get together in Madison for a Big Ten night game, baby. Both fans want it. Nebraska needs it. Can they get to put those fingers in the dark holes for the first time since 2016? Madtown is a hard place to get that elusive sixth win, but here they are. They better try and get it here. It's better than their chances against Iowa at home next week. The Bad Badgers need to get it done at home. Tough task playing the Big Ten's best rushing offense. Not much hope after Whiskey dropped three games in a row. If they can't get it done here, they will need to go on the road and try again. Dangerous maneuver there. B, do the turnovers of the Huskers doom those Huskers once again? Or does Wisconsin get Whiskey dicked again at the end of the night and miss another bowling opportunity? Hey, man. The only person turning it over for Nebraska is Mr. Sims. I don't think Sims is going to be in. I keep picking those Huskers, and they keep losing. I'm just rooting for them to get the whole game in. I think that would be awesome. Be a great step for the program. So now I'm going to go against them with the hopes of them proving me wrong. I got Wisconsin in a tough one in Madison, 19-17. to 17. 
I'm doing the opposite, Beeve. I'm hoping my Badgers get this win, get it done. They don't have to worry about next week. But just like you, I'm betting on the opposite team. Nebraska is getting that bowling alley reserved, and they win this one 20 to 12. Man, these are both programs that I love the fan base. I want to be at their games. I want to see stadium they're going to be rocking no matter what you know those wisconsin people they're going to be drinking wisconsin they're going to be trashed in time for this night game man oh man it'll be cool to be there again can't wait to go back to madison i hope we make it to lincoln same here we need some more love we need some more love from our listeners in wisconsin and nebraska get us back on wisconsin baby we got number three michigan at maryland 12 p.m game on fox michigan on the road in consecutive weeks will jimmy be out his second game in a row we won't know until friday night after the decision is made on that restraining order on friday another question well sharon more because we're calling him sharon cry again Sometimes I Only time will tell. Last week, Blake Corum was an animal. He went full Wolverine mode. If Michigan can win it all, expect him to be the poster boy of the Michigan toughness, man. That photo they had of him last week was, man, he just looked like a beast. Maryland finally got right last week, getting a win in Lincoln and putting the end to their three-game losing skid. Now, Michigan is in town, and they are pissed at the entirety of the Big Ten. Can the Terps handle that pissed-off Wolverine? If Maryland can, they better protect their balls because they love to turn them over. Beef, you said Maryland could shock one of the big three. Here is their last chance. Michigan could be in hangover mode after that big win against Penn State. They could also be in look-ahead mode with Ohio State down the pipe. Is Michigan potentially distracted with everything going on? What's Maryland's shot? Well, yeah, going back to Blake Worm and that picture, man, that was badass. Not too many times where I say something badass. I can think of pictures of Michigan, Woodson with that rose in his mouth, the Heisman posed by Desmond. Some of those things are badass. If you're a football fan, as an Ohio State fan, kind of sucks. As a football fan, those are classic. And that picture of him, blood running down his nose for him after a a long, hard-fought game where they just ran the ball and ran the ball and ran the ball. It was badass, man. It was a cool moment for college football. But Michigan is getting a little too caught, spouting off too quick. Plus, like you said, I just need a reason to keep my prediction. A while back, maybe maybe it was week five, I said Maryland would knock off one of the big three. So Ohio State passed that one. Penn State, they passed that one. Michigan's the only one left. This is it. I might be catching a lot of shit for making this, especially if I'm wrong. But Michigan is too busy pregame for the team it wants to believe turn them in. I mean, their whole galvanizing crew is about everyone hates us, especially Ryan Day turned us in. And I think they're concentrating too much on that. And they stumble like a drunk at closing time get kicked out of the bar. 31-30 Maryland. Wolverines win huge on those Maryland turnovers and win this one 44-20. Tunga Vilo is going to have a good game, I'm telling you. He's going to bring it. He's going to be home. He's going to feel it. He's going to keep those balls on his side of the line. And we shall see. Let's talk about that team. Michigan beat down in Happy Valley. We got Rutgers at number 12, Penn State, 12 p.m. game on Fox Sports 1. Greg Schiano takes his Knights to the land of Happy Valley to take on the Wolverine wounded Lions of James Franklin. Greg would love nothing more than to secure a win here against Penn State. Expect him to have his Knights balls to the wall and copy that Michigan 32 runs in a row footprint. Chop, chop, chop that wood. Not beat. Beat, beat your wood like Mel Tucker. 
James Franklin fired his offensive coordinator, Mike Yersich, after another embarrassing big game performance. If James loses this one, the seat and the voices will get louder and hotter. B, can Rutgers take advantage of the wounded Lions? I don't believe so, but do you think James Franklin had to make that choice to say this? Was it like a situation someone I don't care who it is. Someone's got to go. It's you or someone else making this decision. And his hands were tied. I think he made this decision for him to try to save his job. I don't think he had any pressure. He was just like, oh, fuck. Someone got to go. It ain't going to be me. Someone else got to go. All right. Throw someone under the bus. Keep your job for a little while. Yes, sir. Well, I mean, your ship, she is an offensive Offenses were terrible. And it's not just this year. It's been last year. But I could see this game taking some time. And they to get those engines warmed up. Rutgers can be sneaky good, too. I know they weren't last, but at Penn State, that crowd energy, that defense, carry them to a victory. And Aller, I mean, he's a second-year player now, but his second-year starter, he's got to start playing like it. Because Penn State's bringing in the young guns, too. They just got a quarterback commit, I think, yesterday or today. They're going to be ready to move on. I like Al. I think he just needs a little bit more time. He needs someone that develops him. Get his skill set. Sometimes he's holding on the ball. Sometimes he's getting freaked out, leaving the pocket. Get him some timing routes. Get him stuff quick. We can build that confidence. Get that team rolling. And then rely on single. Let him get that shit on the damn ball. Just change it up. Sometimes don't run it on first down. Or what timing pass. Or a screen. They got it. Rutgers going to be running those trick plays. Defense will stop. I got Penn State 23-10. I'm with you, B. Penn State bounces back, winning it 27-17. Let's go on to another one of the big three. Minnesota takes a visit to Columbus to take on number two Ohio State. 4 p.m. game on the Big Ten Network. Ryan Day is one game away from double downing on some revenge next week. But first, he must take care of the rowing PJs at home. The Golden Gophers have really struggled after their stunning upset of Iowa on that ref-assisted win. Can they stun another big-time big team in Columbus? Fuck no, Snake! Everyone in Buckeye Nation hasn't had the belief in their quarterback, Kyle McCord, who had arguably his best game last week. Will he expand on that in this game? By the way, Buckeyes, he is second. Second currently in passing yards in the Big Ten. Put some respect on that name. Well, at least until next week when he goes to Michigan. Callie, Lickamayanis had three TDs and a loss last week. Can he muster up enough moxie to down the Buckeyes? Um, Buckeyes earn their respect. It's not given to them. But you'll be proud Kyle McCord in eight days in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'm not sure I can give anyone credit for last week. Pouncing on that Michigan State team that's terrible. 132nd in the nation in sport. There are only 133 teams. No mistakes, no turnovers. That's where you'd want Kyle McCord to be right now. Peaking in time for that team up north. Now, we can't say peaking when you see them play against Michigan State, against Minnesota, where that boat is not rowing no more. Maybe the team's not looking ahead, but I sure as shit am, man. I'm jacked. I'm ready to be up in Ann Arbor. It's going to be fun. That atmosphere is going to be insane. The ticket prices are out of this world. Looking at it, $700 for a ticket, the cheapest seats. But in this game, Marv, he needs to have two to three touchdowns and 150 yards just to remain in Heisman contention. And if he gets that, he's going to have to, he's going to, have to pull some fucking Superman shit and be a him. Strike that Heisman pose on a long touchdown or something in order to actually be a Heisman candidate and even be invited. I mean, receivers, it's hard. And there's so many stats. Those quarterbacks all out West are putting up 
huge numbers. Even down south, there's some quarterbacks putting up huge numbers. Carson Beck, Jalen Daniels, all those guys looking good. Or Phoenix. So Marv has a lot cut out for him to make the Heisman list. But in this game, even though I just looked ahead, the Buckeyes don't. They win 30 to 10. The Buckeyes, nuts on the Gophers, pulling out a 44-13 victory. You talked about Michigan State. We're going to talk about them next. We got Michigan State at Indiana, 12 p.m. game on the Big Ten Network. Lord, this should have been the backers' big bemoan game of the week. The Big Ten's worst teams face off for the rights to their mom's basement and the forever life of over microwave pizza rolls and shitty video games. Minecraft, here we come. Virgins for life, baby. The Dumpster Fire State team will look to do dumpster dives up the middle on trash used defense. The trash you defense at times has looked like they could hold their own, like a glad force flex bag. But still, their main purpose is to carry the shit you don't want to the canister soon to be left on the curb. Take out the papers and the trash, or you don't get no spending cash. Yakety yak, don't talk back. The only inspiring story to come out of these two teams this year in football got shot to a tissue at McDonald's on East Grand River Avenue in East Lansing, Michigan. Beef. Let's talk trash. Who gets the rights to their mama's basement? I think Indiana actually has a good day. They got a good defense. And whether you like it or not, they've been hamstring a little bit by that offense that doesn't produce. Michigan State makes the Big Ten West teams look like offensive joke. Indiana has that good defense. They're going to completely shut down Michigan State. Complete. I mean, they've done it against better offenses. I don't see this one being all that close. And by all that close, I mean 17 to 10. I'll take the home trash Tommies to get their W here, winning it 24-17. We got Purdue at Northwestern, another 12 p.m. game on the Big Ten Network. I said last week that head coach Braun was coaching to eliminate that interim tag after turning the season around for the Wildcats, and he gets the job done. He is now the head coach at Northwestern. He is the winningest first season head coach in program history. Craziness. Walters for Purdue got a big win last week and has started figuring out his new coaching gig. He will get one more chance once again play spoiler makers to prevent another Big Ten team to join the bowling team. Purdue quarterback Hudson Card balled out last week grabbing 251 yards and three tutties. He has lacked consistency this year but has the potential to ball out at times. Running back Maccabee Averaged nine yards per carry last week, leading his team to a total of four touchdowns on the ground with help from fellow running back Tyrone Tracy. Ben Bryant, the quarterback for Northwestern, has done work after being called onto the field after Brandon Sullivan went down a few weeks ago. But Bryson Gallagher has led this team from the get-go, who is third in the Big Ten in total tackles. Mix him in with Aiden Hubbard, who is tied fourth in the Big Ten in sacks. His Northwestern team has figured out how to play. B, what's your thoughts? Well, we talked about the pattern before. Loss, win, loss, win. And Northwestern's still holding that pattern strong. This game is scheduled for an L on that alternation of loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. So I'm going to have to follow that pattern now. I'm going with the L. Northwestern loses at home, 27-21. I want to push back Beef, Hubbard, and Gallagher. Put pressure on card. Get them bowling shoes ready for the Wildcats. They win this one 27-24. We got one more Big Ten game for you. I will be in attendance for this game. We got Illinois at number 16, Iowa. 
3.30 p.m. game on Fox Sports 1. Iowa is playing in the Big Ten Championship despite this game. They are locked on for Indy. Burt and his bellies. Go nuts. Travel out to Iowa City to take on his alma mater, the Hawkeyes. Illinois has rattled off three straight wins and are amongst the hottest teams in the Big Ten West. The Illini have really pulled it together. They are the fourth best big offense and the third best passing team in the Big Ten. Now they will test that against one of the best D's in college football. Iowa, the third best scoring defense in college football, is only giving up 12.3 points per game and they are going to challenge that Illinois. Illini offense. I don't think that Illini offense has seen a D quite like this. B. Can the streaking Illini sneak in enough points on that Iowa D to actually threaten a win against the number 16 team in the nation? No. Burt is going to be stress eating after this one. And it was a hard place to play it. And this game will be the last home game of the year. But will it be the last for Kirk Fair? I think he goes out with a win at home and retires after which I got Iowa being proud of producing the most corn, putting down the second place corn producing state in the nation, 20 to 12. Iowa wins this one in a low scoring affair. They get over that 25, their last home game, 27-13. Hawkeyes. Beef, it's time to break it out, man. We got to trim the landscape. Let's do it. Let's get on that landscape. Let's bring out that trimmer and trim the landscape week 12. Beef had to go, had to catch a flight. He's on his way to LA. He's going to be taking in the Bruins and the Trojans. We're going to do this segment solo. Strap in, backers, put that belt on, just like Beef's about to do. We're going to go for a ride. We got number 22, Utah, at number 17, Arizona. 2.30 p.m. game on the Pac-12 network. Two Pac Dunn teams going in opposite directions. Utes came in strong and have fizzled as of late. Arizona came out soft but get turned on and put a season together with a strong performance down the stretch. Everyone was loving Barnes after beating USC for that TD to interception ratio that's 10 to 7. will get you lost on the farm. Defense end Jonah Ellis for the Utes. He's a monster and the Wildcats have to worry about him and scheme against him. You got Jonah Coleman, the running back for Arizona, has been a wrecking crew for the Wildcats. 744 yards on 104 carries at 7.2 yards per rush. He will challenge that Utes defense who is ranked 6th in the nation in yards per game allowed. Let's get to my prediction. I'm going to give it to the Utes. I think they're going to bounce back. They're going to smack the Cats 27-21. Let's move on. We got another good game coming. We got number 10 Louisville at Miami. 12 p.m. game on ABC. The car. Jeff Brown. George Jordan. That defense, man. What a magical year Louisville is having. Called it. Said they were going to be my ACC surprise team. Win here. And they are locked in for that ACC championship game. They also have in-state rival Kentucky awaiting at the end. Can Brom keep pushing his cards down the track the way he has done all season? Another disappointment for the Canes fans. No wonder why Miami has sales on tickets. Two for one. Doesn't matter. They always struggle to fill their house. It's sad when they can't even fill the house against a top 10 team. Man, number 10, Louisville, is coming to Miami, Canes fans. And y'all can't even get in the stands. What's wrong with y'all? Oh, no! Mario Cristobal would love to gain some momentum moving for next season, and a win against a top 10 team would do that. I think Miami wins this one. 
I think they stun Louisville and they win this one by a field goal, 27-24. We have number seven, Texas at Iowa State, 7 p.m. game on Fox. Texas should win this game with no problems, but they have struggled, struggled to get things done. They always jump out to a big lead and cannot seem to shut the door and find themselves in questionable games. It matters, Longhorns. The playoffs are almost here and the eye test matters. We know you beat Bama, but the committee could have the memory of a goldfish. Y'all better start passing that eye test, man. Because like I said, there's already... Drummings, it's already propaganda being pushed for Bama to be in these playoffs. And that means they're going to jump you. So y'all better be putting that eye test together. Quinn Ewers made his way back to the field last week. He should be able to, in this game, be able to put some more polish on that rusty arm of his. Iowa State will look to their running back by committee to slow down this game and eat some clock. They really need to shorten this game to make it happen. If they can get that run game going, watch out for some play action from quarterback Rocco. He's ready to get that play action pass moving. Ask yourselves, backers, can the Longhorns pass the eye test in this one and try to secure themselves a spot in the playoffs? I think Texas wins big 38-24. They definitely got to start getting that eye test done. We got one more, one more landscape. The game Beeb's going to be at, game I wish I was going to. We got UCLA at USC, 3.30 p.m. game on ABC. The Battle of the Victory Bell. And one of my favorite rivalries for pure eye pleasure. Since the game is played in LA and both teams are in LA, they both wear their home jerseys. And you get a B-E-A beautiful clash of Cardinal and Blue. There's lots of rumors floating around for both teams in this game. Caleb Williams may never take another snap as a Trojan. Big news for all you Heisman fans out there. It's hard to see a Heisman winner not finish the season, but I completely understand. On the Bruins side, Chip Kelly is rumored to be fired at the end of the season. I didn't see that one coming whatsoever. A little bit of a shocking news coming out of UCLA and they're planning a firing of Chip Kelly. Of course, that's a rumor, but man, when there's smoke, there's fires. Man, we got the Bruins and Trojans. We got defense versus offense. The Battle of LA for the last time for these two teams as Pac-12 members. And Beave, like I said, is heading out there to welcome these two teams to the Big Ten, baby. Beave, man, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you love it. Get them interviews. The backers want it. I want to see it. Get some good footage, man. I know, Beave, you're not here, but man, I don't know how to predict this one. Backers, I don't know how to predict this one. They both have similar but opposite problems. One, struggles on D. That's USC, but great on offense. The Bruins have a great D and no off. Too bad we couldn't get one team out of these LA rosters. But man, it's hard for me to pick a winner. I'm going Caleb Williams. He's going to take his last snap as a Trojan in victory formation for the victory bell. And he wins it for the Trojans, 42-34. All right, backers, it's time for the AJ and B best quickies. We got number 14, Oklahoma at BYU, 12 p.m. game on ESPN. Number 24, Tulane, is at Florida Atlantic, 12 p.m. game on ESPN+. Plus. Wake Forest at number 19, Notre Dame, 3.30 p.m. game on NBC. Number 20, North Carolina at Clemson, 3.30 p.m. game on ESPN. Number six, Oregon at Arizona State, 4 p.m. game on Fox. 
You got number 23, Oklahoma State at Houston, 4 p.m. game on ESPN2. A little SEC match for you. We got Florida at number nine, Missouri, 7.30 p.m. game on ESPN. Want to take a note here? You didn't know? It's chicken shit Saturday down south. And boy, do they got some embarrassing games for week 12. We got Georgia State versus number 15, LSU, 8 p.m. on Who Gives a Fuck. Then we get the great matchup, North Alabama at number four, Florida State, 6.30 p.m. game on Where It Belongs, The CW. Then we're lucky enough to get Yoel Monroe at number 13, Ole Miss, 12 p.m. on the No One's Watching Network. And then last, but certainly not least, Chattanooga at number eight, Alabama, 12 p.m. on a plus. That's how bad it is. It's on a plus. No one cares. No one's watching. But you know what? It doesn't matter. Rivalry week is next week. We're all amped up. We cannot wait for next week. We're going to go ahead and get mad on the line. We already pre-recorded this, so Beeb's in on this one, but we're going to bring you those Big Ten bets. Matt, how we doing, man? Good to have you back, brother. We got Matt back. He's going to bust my balls. I had a bad week. Welcome back, Matt. Good to have you here. Yeah, thank you all for having me. Thanks for coming, man. Seattle Matt, back in the house. Yeah, I, I, I hear a little uh, pep in your step, Beeb. Maybe that's because last week, uh, we'll just cut to the chase. Beeb went 7-0 and last week in his picks. I don't even know why y'all are bringing me back. We need to just listen to the Beeb. So 7-0 and last week, 35-23 and on the year. You were at 60.3%, where if you're looking at betting, that upper echelon in an entire season of play, if you're at 60%, you have had a remarkable year. So you are just above that threshold, Beeb. How are you feeling? I'm feeling like I paid for my tickets last week. Yeah. Paid for those Michigan-Penn State tickets. A- AJ, do I need to go over the rest of the standings or should we just move on to picks? You know, we can just move on to picks, you know. All right. All right. <laughs> nah, give the people what they want. I had a pretty rough week last week. I went 7-12 and 12 last week. I am 110, 102-3 on the year at 52%. And AJ, sorry, buddy. You went 1-6 last week. That half-game lead that you had over Beeb is now, you are now 3.5 behind him. So what are you going to do this week? Mm-mm-mm. I'm going to bet a little safer. I went from 6-1 and one last week to 1-6 and six this week and let Beeb take a massive lead on me. Ooh, I done messed up, A.A. Ron. This is a great lesson in gambling, you know, the highs and the lows of it. And that's why you want to look over that course of the season, be between 55% and 60%. That's really where you want to be. But A.J. and I really demonstrated the, uh, the lows of gambling. So we'll see if we can pick ourselves up. Let's do it, Matt. We got this. Let's get into it, man. We're all above 50%. We are. So we're making money. That we are. Let's get into this week. We got some hard bets on the line. Matt's going to break them down for us. We're going to start off with number five, Washington, and number 11, Oregon State. So what you're seeing here is the... Uh, is the home team favored with the Oregon State Beavers. They started out at minus one. That line has actually jumped up to minus two and a half. Again, number five, Washington is a two and a half point dog going down to Corvallis. The over-under starting at 64 has just creeped down a little bit to 63 and a half. So not a lot of movement with the over-under. The spread is what's really surprising here. 
And if you actually look at it, you're seeing a lot of just those high tickets, quick bets going to Oregon State. Everyone really likes leaning towards that underdog here. But let's face the reality. You got the fifth best scoring offense in the nation in Washington. You got a pretty decent defense. If you look at that second half, they did not give up one point to Utah. They also should have covered that spread last week. A botched field goal hindered that for them. Flat out, if you're going to give me points whatsoever with Washington, especially against a team like Oregon State, I'm going to scoop those up. If you can even let that get the plus three, I would take it. But anywhere you're getting plus points, give me the Washington Huskies. They're going to cover outright in my opinion. But let's start with you, AJ. Where are you leaning? I'm calling the upset. I'm with Vegas on this one. Oregon State covers. And how about you, Beef? Damn, he's taking it. I'm with you, Seattle Matt. Me and you are going to stick together on this one. Maybe it's because you're on the West Coast. I'm going to meet you out there tomorrow. Well, at least on the West. Yes, sir. In the city of angels. But because of that, I'm going to take Washington. They are going to cover that point spread. Oh, show. Easy, easy. Let's move on to our next one, boys. We got the number one dogs against the number 18 volunteers. So seeing here with Georgia, they started out at minus 10 and a half. You've seen that line drop to minus 10 at most books. Over under, you've also seen drop. It started out at 59 and a half. You've seen it creep down to 58 and a half. This is a Georgia team right now. They have been back-to-back national champions. Everybody knows it. Started out a little sluggish, was doing bad against the spread. They are clicking on all cylinders. I think this is really a line set to try to get that money flow into Tennessee, quite personally. And I think people are trying to take it again, trying to bet that upset. I know it's boring to bet the favorite and I know it's boring to lay the points. I am going Georgia all the way here at minus 10. I would take that in a heartbeat. Where are you leaning, Beef? I'm going to go with the over. I think Georgia will almost put up 58 points on their own. Yeah. And how about you, AJ? I'm with Beef. I like the over on this one. I do think Tennessee has the ability to keep it close just because it's at home, but I think the over is a safer bet. Let's go on back to the West Coast. We got Utah, number 22, against the number 17 Arizona Wildcats. These two teams are on different journeys, man. Utah has fallen apart and Arizona has risen. Yes, they have. And I want to give a quick shout out to all the Utah faithful. I was at the Utah UW game last week. What an amazing fan base. Incredibly nice fans. I uh, love talking with you all. You guys were gracious in defeat. I, I just thought you represented very well your university, and it was really nice to meet a lot of you. With that being said, Arizona started. Hey. Yes, Beeb, I'm sorry. Wait, you want to interject? Yeah. Did you tell all those Utes about the Big Ten backers? I know we're not going to be out there ever. Well, unless I join the Big Ten in the future, but. B, Big Ten backers is worldwide. I mean, we touch all all fifty states. We're we're getting to different continents, different countries. Of course, we talked about it. Uh, again, just wonderful people, wonderful fan base. I just I wanted to give that quick shout out because it was just a really positive experience. And in fact, you go to a opposing team stadium, you watch your team lose. That's very disheartening. Thought they handled it super well. So I really just wanted to give a shout out to those Utah fans. But let's get into the gambling. When you started, when the opening started on this, you saw. Arizona minus one. You have since that time seen Utah is now at minus one and a half. So you've seen a two and a half point swing and you've actually seen favorites flip flop here. So Utah is now minus one and a half. Over-unders stay pretty consistent. Uh, started at 45. Now it's down to 44 and a half. This is a Utah team. You know, in that second half against UW, they were completely shut down offensively. Couldn't run, couldn't throw, couldn't do a whole lot. Yeah, they put up 28 points in the first half, but did nothing in that second half. And I know most of us haven't watched it because Arizona is usually playing on the Pac-12 network or they're playing on ESPN, you know, after dark on the East Coast. But Arizona is a very solid team staying right around 
around the 40th range in both scoring offense and points allowed on defense. I really like the way Arizona is trending. I thought y'all summed it up pretty well. If Arizona is getting any points here, I'm going to take those. Give me the Wildcats in Tucson. Where are you leaning, AJ? I'm with you, man. I think the Wildcats get it done, and I like them, especially covering. And how about you, Beef? All the backers agree on this one. Lay them damn points. Give me them Wildcats in Tucson. We got a Sunflower Showdown. We got Kansas State, number 21 in the nation, versus the number 25 Kansas Jayhawks. Yeah, this is a game you're seeing the spread be right around eight and a, uh, minus eight and a half uh, in favor of Kansas State, and you're actually seeing the money or you're seeing the money flow that way as well. About 77 percent of the cash right now is flowing in that direction, which is really really high. Most books want to see right around in the mid 50s, you know, 45, 55, somewhere around there. So to see 77 percent of the cash flowing in one direction, that's extremely high. We're going to talk about this quite a bit next week, but looking at this one, this is a rivalry game and we're going to set a precedent right now. Rivalry games are completely unpredictable. I usually do not like betting on rivalry games. Spreads very much scare me, especially an underdog by minus eight and a half or plus eight and a half if you're looking at the Kansas Jayhawks. Really don't know what their QB situation is. So if you're looking to make plays on rivalry games, I tend to stick to the over under. That's where I look here. And right now you're seeing about 69% of the cash going with the over, which is at 56 and a half right now. That would be my play here. Give me the over, but let's hear from you, B. Where are you leaning? Man, that third string quarterback, I just don't think they have the depth anywhere in Kansas to have a third string quarterback. Have to go with Kansas State, land the point. And you, AJ. For the same reason, I'm going to take the under. Yeah, the QB situation, certainly a factor here. Keep an eye on it if you want to wait until Saturday to play that one. We got Michigan, number three in the nation, on the road, second week in a row against Maryland. Yeah, so starting spread here at minus 20 and a half in favor of the Wolverines. You've actually seen that drop to minus 19 and a half. That is due to the fact that you're seeing a lot of cash rolling into the Terps early. Sharps are even getting in on that action playing Maryland. Uh, over under at 51 or it started at 51, I should say. That has dropped down to 50 and a half. You've seen about 64% of the cash going with the under as well, which again is pretty high here. I look at a game like this and I see Maryland. I know they got got a win last week coming off four straight losses. Michigan is clicking on all cylinders. I do not see them looking ahead whatsoever to the game against Ohio State. I see this game, if you can actually get it under uh, minus 20, 19 and a half, I think is really enticing. This is one I don't agree with the Sharps. I don't agree with the betting public. I would lay the points. Give me the Michigan Wolverines at minus 19 and a half. But where are you leaning, AJ? I like the over in this one. I think Maryland's going to get some points, but I also think Michigan's going to get a lot of points. This isn't going to be your Penn State Michigan game. And how about you, Beef? No one's going to like this, but they don't call me Buckeye Steve for a reason. I'm taking Maryland to cover the points. Is that because you've been saying all year that uh, Maryland's got to knock off one of the big three in the Big Ten East and this is your last shot at redemption? I'm a man of my word. Maryland wins this game. Beeb might be on to something, man. I mean, this is a hangover game from the big win last week, and it's also a look-ahead game with Ohio State down the pipe. So if there's a time for Maryland to jump on somebody, it's now. That's a great point, AJ. Maryland was struggling. Maryland was struggling. They got a win last week that they probably shouldn't have in Nebraska, and Michigan has just got so much confidence, exuding confidence. They were down to their head coach being out of the game. They didn't even fucking pass the ball in the second half. Now they're America's team. Pride cometh before the fall. The fall happens in Maryland. 
I hope you're right, Beef. All right, we got another great one on deck. We got Louisville, the surprising number 10 team in the nation. I told you they were going to be an ACC surprise team. They got one more ACC game, and it's against Miami. Yeah, great call early on, AJ, on this. A 9-1 and team, if they didn't trip up against that pit team, they'd be 10-0 and in the conversation for the playoffs. But Louisville traveling down to South Beach to take on Miami. Minus one and a half to start on the spread. It has stayed at one and a half. Over-under was at 47. That has dropped down to 46 and a half. But you're actually seeing, even though there's not a lot of uh, movement on the spread at a lot of books, you actually have seen quite a bit of cash, about 69% of that cash flow into Louisville early on. That could start to change the spread a little bit. You're also seeing a lot of the Sharps playing Louisville here. And I look at a game like this where Louisville, they're getting primed. They're getting ready for that ACC championship. They can still potentially see a path to that playoff if they win out win that ACC championship against Florida State. Possibly Miami, six and four. They're bowl eligible. They're not really going anywhere. Minus one and a half doesn't make a lot of sense here. And especially if Sharps are playing Louisville, I'd be laying the points. Give me the Cardinals of Louisville. But let's go to you, B. Where are you leaning? I'm going with the over. I don't know who's going to win this game, to be honest with you. I could see Miami pulling this off. A crystal ball doesn't know how to get girls off. It gets them started, but doesn't finish. Just like my boy AJ says, I think the safe bet is taking the over. And you, AJ? I've thought about this one. I've thought about it. Man, I just got a feeling Miami's going to do it. Give me Miami to cover. Wow. Betting on crystal ball. Let's hope he doesn't have to take a knee in the fourth. <laughs> no doubt there. If he doesn't win this game, he's going to have to be down on both knees sucking some dick to keep his job. <laughs> it all depends on who's replacing him down there, what options there are. It doesn't matter, man. They can't fill those stands. They got two for one deal on tickets. That shit's sad. Buy a case of Coke, get two free tickets. Pretty sure Michigan had that promo about six years ago, so Miami must have stolen it from them. We got another one, another close one. North Carolina, number 20 in the nation, on the road against Clemson. Let's take a look at that North Carolina-Clemson game. You know, this is a game that's very odd. You got a North Carolina team that's ranked 20th in the nation. However, Clemson started out at minus seven and a half. You've seen that line drop to minus six and a half. But what's been really odd was when this line opened, it went from seven and a half to seven right away. And then you saw it sit at seven for a few days before it dropped to six and a half. So you're seeing really early on a lot of sharps, a lot of money, a lot of plays. They liked that seven and a half. They liked it at seven still. As you're seeing it creep down to six and a half, that over under stayed relatively flat around 58. But whenever you're kind of seeing that line kind of jumping a little bit and whatnot, and especially a team that is not ranked be favored by that much, that tells me there's things people know. I like Clemson. If you can get them at minus seven, minus six and a half, ideally, I'd be taking the Tigers at Clemson all day. I just, North Carolina's eight and two. They're not showing me a whole lot. I know their offense is decent. I think minus six and a half, I'd be taking Clemson. But let's go to you, AJ. Where are you leaning? I'm right there with you. I'm taking Clemson. And you, Beef. I don't like this one at all. I'm going to the under. Where's Drake May? I haven't heard his name for a long time. Is he still alive? Allegedly. He's alive, but he ain't well. He'll still be a top five pick. I don't think that kid has anything to worry about. He's going to Cleveland. (laughs) You shut your mouth. You (laughs) shut your mouth. You know what time it is, boys. It's rapid fire time. Pew, pew, pew. Rapid fire. 
We got Minnesota at number two, Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State started out minus 28 and a half. You've seen that line drop to 27 and a half. You've seen the over-under stay pretty consistent around 49, 49 and a half, kind of back and forth there. Anybody watched the Ohio State game last week, they were up 38 to three, completely took their foot off the pedal, taking out all their starters. It was very clear. Ryan Day's worried about injuries, making sure everybody's healthy and fresh for that Michigan game. See something very similar here. You know, Minnesota's 92nd in the nation in scoring offense. They can't score. Ohio State's got an elite defense. Play here is the under. Let's go. Rutgers at Penn State. Yeah, you've seen this line be a little funny. It started at minus 19 in favor of Penn State. It has gone up to minus 20 and a half. You've seen that over-under actually drop from 43 and a half to 42 and a half. This is a play where I think if you can get that number back down to 19 and a half, maybe even 20, I look at Penn State here. You know, Rutgers, I know, played a really good defense against Iowa last week, got completely shut out. Penn State has nothing left to play for. You know, they have no Big East title, no Big Ten championship. They're going to go to some halfway decent bowl. They don't really care. So I look at something like this and I say, okay, they're going to lay the wood. The Rutgers call it a day. If you can get minus 19 and a half, get Penn State, anything above minus 20, I'd stay away. We got the Big Ten dumpster fire, Michigan State and Indiana. Yeah. And again, this is what the betting segment's all about. A game where two teams, three and seven, nobody wants to watch it. You know how you watch it? You put a little action down to see it. Minus four and a half is Indiana. They actually started minus three and a half. That has moved up a point. So that means the betting public is actually favoring the Hoosiers here. Over under at 47. These are two teams that rank in the hundreds and above in scoring offense. But Indiana, if you actually watch the last few weeks, has been putting some things together, playing a little bit better. Uh, both these defenses are atrocious. So you want to watch this game. You want to put a little action on it, have some fun. I'd be late. I'd be taking the over here. The next one up is Purdue at Northwestern. Man, Northwestern's coming on. And you had a philosophy about that win one, lose one. If you actually look back at their last 10 games, they're consistent there. So if that holds true, they should be losing this game. However, Purdue minus three going into Evanston to take on Northwestern and over under a 46 and a half. Again, I know nobody in the world is watching Northwestern football. But if you actually look the last few weeks, they've been putting up some points. They've been staying competitive. I know Purdue had that big win last week against Minnesota. I wouldn't read a whole lot into that. I like Northwestern giving the points. I'd lay the Wildcats. We got Illinois at number 16, Iowa. Yeah. First time in three weeks, Iowa has cracked an over under a 30, which is quite impressive for the, for the Hawkeyes. Started out at 30. That has creeped up to 30 and a half over or uh, spread here. Iowa started out minus four. That has dropped down to minus three and a half. This is an Iowa team. Again, they play close, tight games. They're not going to score a lot of offense. I don't like that minus three and a half just because a field goal win seems pretty standard for the Hawkeyes. If you see that drop to minus three, I would be laying the points and taking the Hawkeyes. However, if you look at the last five games for Iowa, games in which included over-unders at 27 and a half and 28 and a half, they have gone under five consecutive games. Ride that wave. Take the under here. It'd be cool if we could have one of the Big Ten backers at this game. Oh, I'm going to be there. <laughs> Imagine that. Now we're at, ooh, this is a good game. Nebraska at Wisconsin. Yeah, two teams, five and five here. So bowl eligibility on the line. You're seeing Wisconsin minus four and a half. This was a team that was a double-digit favorite against Northwestern last week and got, and got beat pretty soundly. Over under here at 37, that's because Nebraska, 13th in the nation in points against allowed on defense. Sneaky good defense. Wisconsin is 20th in the nation in that regard. So you're kind of looking at that, that 
defensive struggle here. I definitely like that underplay. This has a 17-14, 17-13 kind of feel to it. And I also think in a close, tight defensive matchup like that, if you're going to give me plus four and a half, give me the Cornhuskers in Nebraska. We got a couple of September Pac-12 champions, Colorado at Washington State. Yeah, this is a good message. We just got through the Big Ten schedule. Obviously, weather's a major factor in the Big Ten in November, but looking at Washington State and Eastern Washington on the Palouse, weather's always a factor out there as well. It can be crazy. So definitely check the weathers before you start betting these games. Could be a big factor. Washington State started at minus five and a half. You've seen that drop to minus four and a half. Again, you've seen a lot of the betting public this year favoring Colorado, Dion, they love that show. So you're seeing a lot of public money favoring Buffalo when it really shouldn't shouldn't play a huge factor here. Over under started 63 and a half, dropped to 62 and a half. These are two atrocious defenses. Uh, Colorado, we've documented it all year, 117th in the nation in points against allowed. Washington State Cougars, 101st. They're just not playing any defense, which is pretty standard on the Palouse. I look at a game like this, take the over. Next up on that docket out west, a game that should have a Big Ten backer at it, UCLA in a rivalry game against a school across town, USC. Yeah, USC minus six and a half. That stayed pretty consistent on the books. You've seen an over under at 66. You know, I had to cringe a little bit last week screaming that Oregon USC over. USC got a little bit of that defensive bump with losing their defensive coordinator, playing a little bit inspired for their new one. I think that bump fades. Anytime I'm seeing USC, I'm thinking Kalen Williams is just trying to document why he's the best quarterback in the country, number one overall pick. I know USCLA has a great defense. Again, rivalry game here, never touching the spread on rivalry games. I say have a little bit of fun with this one out in LA, Beef. Take that over. We got number six, Oregon. The Ducks go on down to visit the Devils of Arizona State. Game that makes absolutely no sense to me. And what I mean by that is you saw a spread starting at minus 23 and a half, which I thought was way off. That has actually dropped down to minus 22 and a half. This is an Arizona State team. They've been competitive in a couple of games before, by and large, they've gotten their doors blown off quite a bit. You've seen that over under at 53 and a half. I look at a game like this, Oregon State is getting primed. They're getting ready to go face uh, Oregon State in the final game of the year. I think Oregon lays the wood to bad teams. I would say take the Ducks all the way here, lay the points, whatever it is. Next up on that docket, California at Stanford. This should be the game of the century. No, no, it won't be. Not by any metric whatsoever. You see the Cal Golden Bears minus six and a half. You're seeing an over under at 55 and a half. But what's the real stat to be looking at here? Cal Golden Bears. Protests before the game? Well, probably. And it's Cal and Stanford. I, they have to take commercial breaks for protests. Yeah, I did check the books to see over under on number of protests. I couldn't get a fair line at a lot of legitimate sports books. I'd probably place it at two and a half, probably lean the over on protests. Most books aren't going to take that action. Now, the real stat you want to look at here is points against allowed by these defenses. Cal, 131st in the nation. Stanford, 126th in the nation. So no defense whatsoever. Cal's actually had a pretty decent offense this year, 31, 31st in point scoring. So you look at a game like this with just no defense, rivalry game, have a little bit of fun towards the end. I'd be playing the over here. It's time, man. I got this thing. 
B. Lost seven in a row. Burns when you pee. Game of the week is here. Beave cannot get these ones right. I went 7-0 in the rest of the games and you're going to focus on this. Hey man, this is the clap. This is what it matters. You also got to be well versed in all of FBS college football, man. It, you know, as we're going to get into in later years on this podcast, we're really going to dive into the group of five and the other ones because there's a lot of opportunity to be had there. So we're trying to introduce everybody to there's a lot of value in these games, taking a look at them, there's money to be had, especially if you're betting the opposite of beef. I just wanted to let you know, I am aiming to lose until the last week of the season, and I'm going to beat that Burns with EP right at the end, just holding everyone in suspense. Well, you started out 3-0. and You've lost seven straight. I have got a doozy for you this week. I have the what we got? golden flashes of Kent State, 1-9, traveling to Muncie, Indiana to take on the Ball State Cardinals at three and seven. And just for reference, I want to let you know, Kent State's lone win this year was against the powerhouse of Central Connecticut. So, solid one win there that they have. Ball State's, I can go through it, but it ain't much better. Yeah, let's see it. What Ball State? Who did Ball State? Ball State has beat the Sycamores of Indiana State, the Chippewas of Central Michigan, and the Huskies. No, no, not UW, Northern Illinois. Those are their three wins. Those aren't terrible, but yes, they're all bad. Yeah. I mean, this is so bad that ESPN said this could not be part of Maction in November on Tuesday and Wednesday. They had to kick it back to Saturday and said, no, we want real Mac teams playing on Tuesday and Wednesday. That's how bad of a game this is. You have Ball State minus 12 and a half. And the over-under is at 41 and a half. And I'm going to throw a couple extra stats here. So again, 133 teams in the FBS. Kent State scoring offense, 133rd in the nation. Ball State, you could be chuckling. I'd stop laughing. You are 131st in the nation in scoring offense. So flat out, these two teams are not scoring. Uh, Defensively, points allowed. Kent State, 123rd. Who's the one in the middle? A Big Ten West team? Oh, it has to be. I'm just assuming that. Yeah, (laughs) dude. It is Michigan. It is Michigan State. Michigan State. <laughs> That's a Big Ten East team. That's even worse. No more divisions, you know, starting next year. So let's not let divisions divide us here. So yes, you've got Kent State at one thirty-three. You got Michigan State at one thirty-two, and Ball State at one thirty-one. Those all three should be in the same conference. In fact, they may be next year with relegation. But. You've got terrible offenses here. You got terrible defenses here. You got minus 12 and a half. You got over under at 41 and a half. To get off this seven game losing streak, where are you heading? Hey, when you're last in the nation in scoring and that slogan for your school is Kent Wright, Kent Reed, Kent State, I got to go with Ball State. You're going to lay the points. All right. You heard it, AJ. I got it. The man that has a problem with burning when he pees goes with the balls. That was the real reason. All right. That does it for this week's bets, man. Get your Big Ten bets in. Follow B. He was in the money last week. We've all been in the money on the year. Thanks again, Matt. It's always a pleasure having you on here. Beef, get us on out of here. Hey, Seattle Matt. Thanks for coming, man. Thank you all for having me. The ladies and gentlemen, the Big Ten backers love it, but Big Ten backers are out. (laughs) Big Ten Backers Podcast. Follow our sponsors, NILFanBoat.com. Oh, no Midwest goodbye today. 